Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspectives to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! How do you differentiate uh, between product ownership and product management? Yeah, and I know you've, uh, you know, when you and I first started talking, you referring to a, a talk I did at the Agile Alliance a number of years back on this topic. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely when I was, you know, that part of my life, I was coming out of leading, you know, VP of product management for this startup, which got acquired by CenturyLink. We did that for a couple of years. We kind of scaled DevOps from 40 people to 400. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, 30 something product teams. Each product team had a product owner. And so my worldview was very colored by that. Hmm. I still agree with I think everything I mostly said back then, but yeah. my idea at the time of product management was different. So, you know, I, I still like, I think I quoted in that piece or in yeah. that presentation, I still like Melissa Perry's definition, like product owners are role, product managers, the job. Mm-hmm. And so you may have product managers who say, look, my job is to set, you know, figure out the vision for this product, understand the goals, maybe even do a little bit of the sort of business ops of the product, like, hey, how, what's the business metrics? How's the growth? Mm-hmm. What's the customer adoption like? And at the same time, you may be on your team also playing the role of partnering with your eng lead and figuring out, okay, for this sprint, for this release, for this quarter, whatever it is, here are our goals. Here's the sort of things we have to accomplish. Here's the user journeys or user stories. And then kind of maybe dip back into your product manager job in some cases and talk to customers. and work with other teams on your go-to-market launch and things like that. So I've worked in places where they're separate and you have a product owner and then you have someone else who sits somewhere as a product manager. My personal experience, I'd have a great experience with that because the product managers were a little too far removed from the product owner work and each team had their own roadmaps and they weren't in sync. And it's like, does this person talk to customers, but the product owner talks to engineers? Well, that's kind of broken because you really should have the product owner should be able to talk to customers, talk yeah. to stakeholders internally. They should be talking to engineers. Right? I think Marty Kagan just said that recently and I thought it was brilliant. So you can't ever lose that, right? A product owner right. needs to still be sitting there readily talking to customers, readily talking to your internal teams that care about your product and regularly talking to engineers. And that's kind of how Google does that. We really don't have a product owner per se. We have product managers who play that role mm-hmm. on their team kind of as that functions needed, but they're also kind of running their product. Yeah. So you don't accidentally end up with a split. Now I'm an outbound product management, which breaks the paradigm even further. Yeah. Now you have another sort of person in role who also does a lot of customer stuff, does a lot of go-to-market stuff, Yeah. things like that. So each org will be different. I think for some companies, you might have the process where you need dedicated product owners, especially project by project, product by product. Mm-hmm. You may have a product management sort of function potentially. I don't believe that's a hierarchy product mm-hmm. owners report to product managers. I'm not sure that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But you might have some cases where look, the product manager is the person who does the work, who does the product owner work, who does some PM work. And you might be at companies where you have product managers and outbound product managers. So yeah. there's going to be different paradigms. I think the important thing is who's going to make sure that you don't add a lot of friction between mm-hmm. what are we trying to accomplish and how does that get broken into work that engineers can work on? Let's go into what the role of a product ownership and what does good product ownership look like? And and the first thing I want to dive into that you shared yeah. is like, what what is what is the style of leadership when product owner is leading a team? Uh, what does mm. that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested even in what you've seen in some certain cases of that, like what good and, and good and bad look like for teams. I mean, a lot of the cases, the product owner is 
a team leader, right? You're not a passive member of the group. Yeah. You're, you're setting some vision. You're, you know, the hard part for many people is, I, I'd always I'd be interested in your answer to this. Yeah. Sometimes I'll ask people during interviews, is the, is the product manager or product owner the CEO of the product? And it's a very polarizing question because yeah. some people will violently disagree. Like product owner is not a CEO. They don't have, you know, management responsibility. They don't have a P&L. They're no. Other people will answer like, yeah, you're kind of setting direction. You set the goals. You're, you're that visionary. I, I'm not sure which way I fall. I don't think you're the CEO, although I, I like asking the question, see people's yeah. mindset. You know, I'm interested in your take on that as well. But I think that either, regardless of whether you're the CEO or not, it doesn't matter. You are leading often through influence, not authority. Yes. You don't have to listen to a product owner. Now, if you've got a good culture and you have a very strong product and engineering leadership relationship, which to yeah. me is the underrated part of a good product org, is how well did the product leader and the eng leader get along? Yes. If that's contentious, you are not in a good org. Like that's yeah. a tough place to be. You need someone who has your back up there. And, you know, I've worked at places where, you know, especially at, at the tier three century link where the, the product lead and the eng lead were just like interchangeable in a good way. Yeah. Like yeah. same page, if an engineer comes up and goes, hey, I don't want to work on that. And they would say, did the product person say we should do it? Yeah, then do it. Yeah. And it was great to have that sort of backup versus like, I can go tattle to my executive and get something changed. Like, no, they should be on the same page. Yeah. So a good product owner leads through influence. They don't have direct authority. They don't have a management staff of people. The engineers don't report to them. No. But you are leading often by showing that you have their back. And for me, yes. again, that was a very underrated aspect. And if you're a good product owner, the engineers think you are covering for them in a good way, that you're protecting their time, that you're not just adding a new feature because someone asked and say, yeah, the engineers will figure it out. Yeah, that's You destroy credibility instantly when you yes. do that. Instead, yes. it's the, sure, would you like to add a feature? Awesome, which one am I gonna take out? Well, yeah. I don't wanna take one out. Cool, yeah. you'll wait till the next release then. And the engineers will go like, that person's got me. Like yeah. they're not trying to burn me out. They're looking out for my team. So a good leader is kind of respecting their team. They're kind of making sure they're managing a tight scope. They're representing them well, outbound to that. They're taking their feedback and not a dictator. If the engineering team goes, hey, look, our technical debt's about to drown us. If you add one more feature, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yes. A terrible product owner hears that and goes, okay, here's five more features, suck it up. Yes. A good product owner says, Okay, I hear you. How about we do at least every other sprint, like 40% technical debt time? And we're gonna pay down bugs and we're gonna do the right sort of work. Like, how do we find a great balance here? Because you are not the dictator. Your goal is to satisfy all the stakeholders. That's your engineers, that's your customers, that's the internal teams. So for me, those are some things that stand out, but I'm, I'm interested in your take as well. Yeah, no, I'm 100% like, you know, you, you are a leader and, you know, you cannot just tell what to do. I mean, you have a lot of data, right? As a product owner, you have customer data, how customers are, you have, you, you know, the stakeholders. So you have a lot of that perspective that you can bring. And, you know, even if somebody is a new product owner, if they can kind of bring that and, you know, just show that and also care about the team, care about, you know, their work, what they're doing, what the challenges are, I mean, obviously, you know, trust will be built and there will be influence. But yes, in no way, you know, developers are supposed to kind of report to you or listen to you. Yeah, your point on bringing data, I, I, some of my favorite, I mean, I had a really opinionated engineering team that was both scary at times because they were really good. 
and they were big personalities and taller than me so that also <laughs> added to it but it was kind of an intimidating group because they were just really good and yes. so i realized like i'm not going to bully this team around anyway because it's no. not my personality but there's cases where we're like we don't want to work on this we don't think anyone uses it and when i could say like okay well here's five customers who i've talked yeah. to each yeah. one has said this would be huge yeah shoot okay maybe we should do it yeah like i'm not trying to argue with you of like i'm right you're wrong yeah what do our customers want yeah what is the data telling us hey or you think we should do this i don't okay the data shows no one's used this feature in six months maybe maybe we actually don't do it right okay yes. so as it like it's not about bullying people it's about saying what's good data points what are yeah. customer stories what are you adding to the equation as a product owner yeah. not just your opinions are you bringing yeah. in customers to talk to engineers and say hey yeah. Can you just, can we learn from you? What's going on? Can I bring in market feedback? Can I bring in yeah. just other stuff? What are you doing to help an engineer get better context versus yes. just, you know, like, hey, dummy, go do your work. That never yeah. works. One of the hardest parts of good product ownership or a lot of these positions and product managers is, can you, can you find some signal in the noise? Because there's a lot of data points and you have yes. to synthesize a lot of information down to make what comes down to like, do I do this thing or this thing? Like yeah. all these data points. Yes. really just comes down to helping you make some prioritization choices, maybe some feature decisions. Yeah. That's hard work. So as a product owner, how are you almost training yourself to, to listen really well, but then also be able to filter out information or summarize information? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like paying attention. I mean, there's a lot going on, but what do you pay attention to? So um, second thing is, you know, now we're talking about, you know, uh, leadership and engineering team. So let's look at like relationship with the engineering team. Like what are some best practices for building great relationship, working relationship with the engineering teams? Yeah, you know, I'm, and again, you and I could disagree on this. I, I do believe that people with good product skills are portable. Like you don't have to stay in your domain. Like I could in theory be good at my job here in cloud and I could switch to YouTube and I'd probably do okay, even though I know nothing really about media. Now, what I don't believe is I could just rely on my generic product skills. So I think if you're gonna have a good relationship with the engineering team, you have to go deep in that domain. You I might not have it when you one. get there. Yep, hundred percent. And that's fine. Like don't only hire people who know that domain, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I need to hire someone who's obsessed with learning it. And as long as right. that's okay, we're good. An engineer is gonna look at somebody who looks like, hey, is this just a stepping stone for them? Or they even care about my product? Or are they just here to give me generic advice? Are you getting in the trenches with them? Are you learning the thing? And that takes work, it takes commitment. But to me, I don't think that's negotiable. Like yes. I don't see how you can do it otherwise. So if you want a good relationship with engineers, show you care about their thing and genuinely. 100%. Yeah. And, and you know, I talk to a lot of new product owners and, you know, I tell them you have 40 hours, like every conversation is learning. You just have to go with the intention of learning and understanding people's work, people's life, how things are done. And, you know, it's, it's not like extra learning, you know, when somebody's in a role, like again, right. you have to show up and look at data, look at what's happening, you know, who's being impacted. So, um, great. Yeah. So and at the same time, you had mentioned, you know, other you mentioned earlier showing up like, look, if you're going to work well with engineers, be at their standups, be at their code reviews, be at their demo days, be at their stuff, like show up, show that you just don't dip in again at the beginning to give them a bunch of requirements. And at the end to yell at them for being late, like, yeah, show like, no, I'm part of the team. I'm an extension of the team. Like we talked about earlier, I protect their time. I don't hide information from them. Like, look, it's about free flowing information. A bad product owner, again, just kind of dips in and out. They're not really looking out for the team. They probably manage up more than they kind of help the team stand out. So 
I don't know. I think engineers are smart bunch. Everybody's smart in yeah. this industry, but engineers can sniff out a self-serving product owner really quickly. What are some best practices for product owners um, when they're running through the sprint? Yeah. Again, I've had good experiences with, uh, like if I was a product owner and I told the team, this is how much you need to get done. It never went well <laughs> because usually like I'm not the one doing the work. And in some cases I'm not factoring in other stuff. So for the most part, I liked purposely transferring responsibility to the team and saying, you tell me when this is enough work. And mm -hmm. if they said, yep, we're full, that's what I got. Awesome. If you don't ship this as not me, right? Because yeah, yeah. you said this was as much as you could done. It's not that the stupid manager made me commit to this. Nope, nope. You agreed. And what that also created was some self-governance within the team. Yes. If the team was mm -hmm. falling behind, mm -hmm. there was some self like peer pressure to be like, we got to step up. Like we said, we could get this done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's pair on this. Okay. Do you need some help on this? And Hey, you raise your hand. If your thing falls behind by more than one day, like no suffering in silence for two weeks and then complaining, like mm. get on it. Cause you're gonna make us all look bad. Yes. So part of it was just like, Hey, make sure as you're kind of agreeing to a sprint, picking up the right size, right? How are you constantly closing work? Frankly, we also wouldn't allow any person to be on more than one story at a time mm. so that you wouldn't necessarily have like, Hey, here's a bunch of partial attention. No, mm -hmm. finish your thing. Yeah. It doesn't count until you've sat with QA or the person on the, or just a pair to run through a test. Now yes. you're done. Now pick yes. up a new user story. Yeah. So just keep it tight. Keep your work in progress small. Right. Make sure that you haven't accidentally overcommitted or now you're a blocking function because you're on seven stories and you're not available to pair with it, whatever. Mm -hmm. So one at a time, if you're stuck, then maybe we have a process problem because we should just be able to build it, test it, repeat, build it, test it. So that was also helpful. Just again, some have some of those tight rules. And then, and then the last piece of that is, again, we learned this too. I, I don't think you're going to have a good time if you don't force your team to ship after the end of each release, a sprint. Because if you don't ship, what's really easy to do? Eh, let's just punt it. Let's roll it into the next one. Ah, yes. come on. Like if you have that fail safe, you're going to use it. Yes. Versus like, nope, we ship at the end of each release, wherever we are, get on the train. And if your thing yeah. can't make the train, even that's okay. We'll, we'll do a different branch and that'll make it into the next one. But there needs to be a sort of discipline and rhythm that says like we ship and Every we ship what's ready. Like don't ship bad stuff. Yes. But if you allow yourself to say, hey, we just kind of ship when we're ready overall, right. you're never going to ship. If I'm hiring someone or if Google's hiring someone or any of us, you know, you're, you're still looking for folks who are a lot of things we've talked about in this whole discussion. <laughs> are you a learner? Yeah. Are you someone who's going to come in here and invest in the relationship? You're not going to, mm -hmm. you're going to have some courage and you're going to have an opinion. And I want to hear your point of view. You're not just a yes person who comes in and says yes to everybody or you know, you're going to come in with opinion. You're going to be observant. You're going to listen. And so, you know, for people who come in, I'm a big believer in also kind of getting a win pretty quickly. I hesitate if I interview someone and I ask them, what do your first 90 days look like? And they just tell me they want to listen. Mm. That's not bad, <laughs> but that also means you're going to spend three months kind of just observing. And like, what are you doing to kind of build, you know, get a mark, build yes. a relationship? Hey, yes. my first 30 days, I'm going to use my product and I'm going to write a blog post on it. I like hearing that. Like you're yes. telling me you're going to invest and you're going to produce. Yes. Right. So what are you going to produce early on? It doesn't mean they'll be awesome. It doesn't mean you're going to set the world on fire. You're probably not going to add some amazing feature to the product, but are you going to like make a mark? Yes. Like what are you going to do to do something in your first 90 days? All right. That's a wrap with this episode. 
Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.